Hey there, it's Hedvig from Abundate. Do you ever feel like you're constantly battling against your multilingual brain at work? Maybe you struggle to find the right words in English, worry about your accent or your grammar, or you find yourself constantly overthinking your language use to avoid making a mistake. You're not alone. Did you know that this lack of confidence in your language skills can actually lower your working memory capacity? That means you might not be performing at your best if you're distracted by any language worries or uncertainty. But here's the thing, it's not your fault. We have been taught to approach language learning in a way that goes against the natural functioning of our multilingual brains. The good news is that there's a way to actually work with your brain instead of against it a way to develop effective communication strategies that go beyond just grammar and vocabulary, a way to gradually build your confidence and skills without dedicating hours every day, and most importantly, a way to bring your unique voice and personality to the conversation instead of kind of sounding like somebody else. Introducing the School of Certainty. Abundate's group coaching program designed specifically for professionals like you who use English as a foreign language at work. I understand your frustration because I've been there myself. And now I help professionals like you to confidently build and nurture relationships in English, bring out the best and most competent version of yourself and excel in your career. Don't let your language worries hold you back any longer. Join the School of Certainty and start your journey towards confident and effective communication. Visit abundate.org soc to get started. That's a-b-u-n-d-a-t-e dot o-r-g slash s-o-c. Hello and welcome back to the Abundate podcast with me, your host, Hedvig Sandbu, where we talk about why language learning is not what you think, but so much more. This episode is all about self-trust, which I believe is one of the key, if I can call it a skill, um, one of the key things that... um, that I think help language learners to succeed and that also is a surprising uh, benefit that you actually get from learning another language and I'll explain why I think that's the case and and how you might be able to kind of practice that for yourself as well. So when you're going through the process of trying to learn or improve any language it can actually help you to build transferable skills, which really can be useful for other areas of your life too. Things like creativity, problem solving, adaptability, resilience, and even focus and concentration, things like that. Um, And I'll try and explain kind of how all of these skills, I think, build upon this one core foundational skill, which is self-trust. So when you try to express yourself and, you know, your vocabulary is limited, so you don't always have the right words uh, or all of the words that you wish you did, right? You might be forced to use language in 
new and creative ways. And I think that this this really, I mean, obviously it helps to um, it helps you to practice your creativity. And as we know, practice makes, um, if not perfect, practice makes proficient. Uh, practice makes you better at a skill. And I think it also helps with, I guess, creativity and problem solving are kind of related in general also. Um, and yeah, when you can't find the right word for something and you have to kind of explore a different way of saying it, you kind of have to trust that you have what it takes to do that. You need to have um, some kind of uh, resilience to believe that you can do that so that you don't give up and uh, switch to a more familiar language or that you give up and try and look something up on a you know translator app or uh, in your dictionary or you know use some some other some other way although I would say that I think you know using dictionary or a translator app can be a perfect way to find solutions um I just think that the more you can be adaptable and kind of resilient so you can use whatever resources you have available to you whether those resources are really limited and maybe you don't have the opportunity to look something up right then and there you can use your own kind of intrinsic um uh, problem solving skills and your create creative skills to to solve the problem yeah to find a solution that works and to communicate with the person or the people that you are trying to communicate with let me just take a moment and talk a little bit about working memory basically your working memory is uh, a bit like your computer's ram so um, I think it's called rapid access memory. So it's basically when you have, um, you know, your computer has like one app open, there's a very low kind of load on that person, on that computer's RAM. But if you've got 100 tabs open on your browser, you've got seven apps open, and you're also trying to be on a video call at the same time, then you're using a lot of your computer's RAM and probably it's kind of, nearing its max capacity, right? Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that your computer can't do all of those things at once, but you know it's working extra hard and the fan is going like crazy and all of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what our working memory is. It's, it's our ability to hold multiple different uh, things, ideas, thoughts, concepts in our mind um, to work on them essentially at any given time. Um, and we know that it's limited um, or it is it has a maximum capacity after which um, things will slip up. We'll, you know, uh, forget things or we'll um, not be able to, to kind of do the things we wanna do optimally or in the way that we want to. And how does this apply to language learning? Well, when you're in an unfamiliar or a kind of less familiar language environment and you're worrying about, you might be worrying about the correct say, way of saying something, you might be unsure about asking for clarification about what somebody said, should you ask them, um, you know, what are they going to think of you if, if you ask, uh, you know, what if they think that you're stupid or something, you might have all of these kinds of um, sort of language related um, 
but in a way uh, some of them are much more kind of psychological than than linguistic um worries and thoughts running around in your head um and there have been studies indicating that being in a less familiar language environment increases your cognitive load meaning that it takes more mental work it takes kind of more out of your working memory to process what's happening in a given situation and that's when you're working in um, a language that's not your first language or your kind of everyday language um, even everyday languages sometimes if you have multiple everyday languages um, there will be there might be some extra cognitive load there as well so having this extra cognitive load it can impact um your mental processing abilities right so it can impact your concentration focus problem solving skills um creativity however the good thing is and i'd love to find the research on this but i have a theory and i think it's definitely backed up by uh, other theories at least um i believe that this cognitive load from uh, working in a different language that, that's less familiar to you, it can be managed. And I think that self-trust might be the key to reducing that cognitive load when it comes to language. I've had um, executives and other professionals and students, um, you know, work with me to build that self-trust back up. And that has actually helped to resolve a lot of the other language related problems so you know that's not to say that anyone has ever come to me and said hey <laughs> Hedvig I really don't trust my own language skills can you help me like what I hear is issues with um kind of confidence with finding the right words um for things in a foreign language with public speaking kind of anxiety that they don't experience in their first language which indicates that it's there is at least a language component to that, um, to those worries. And I've had people worrying about pronunciation or feeling embarrassed about their accent. And if they've then become a client of mine, you know, we've started working on, on those things. You know, we've, we've worked on, well, okay, if you struggle with finding the right words, what, um, what situations do you want to become more confident in, right? So do we do some role play or do we um, look at um, synonyms or different ways of saying uh, things related to a specific situation, related to doing presentations or whatever it is? Maybe you might do something outside of um, the time that we have together and um, do something that kind of helps to build up a bit more familiarity with the language, for example, because whatever how in whatever way you can make the language less scary <laughs> and a bit more comfortable, a bit more familiar and um, kind of the more you can relate to that language. And I've talked about this before in whatever, you know, lots of different ways the better and the more you're going to be able to relax and actually have a little bit of that self-trust. And I also think that if you have 
what I call self-trust, then I think I'm not necessarily saying you'll be more willing to take risks, but I do think that what others might perceive as risky, you feel comfortable with. You don't feel like it's risky because you're kind of taking a calculated um, decision about how to use language creatively in a way that may or may not be correct, but in a way that you are getting your point across or you are communicating with the people that you need to communicate with. I think self-trust, again, doesn't it doesn't mean that you can't ask for help or that you kind of have to figure everything out for, for yourself. It's about being able to use whatever resources you do have at any point in time to communicate effectively. And sometimes those resources might include other people, they might include your smartphone or your notes, uh, your dictionary or whatever. But other times, you know, th those resources may be more limited and you kind of have to make do with a lot less. And so self-trust is about being adaptable to whatever situation you're in and taking advantage of whatever resources you do have available. Now, before I get to the next part, which is kind of about, well, how do you build self-trust? Um, I thought it would be helpful to look at, actually, what is the opposite of self-trust? Um, and how do you know if you, if you have it? And I don't think it's a question of do you have it or do you not? Do you trust yourself or do you not trust yourself? It's a spectrum, but I think it can help to know or to understand a little bit more about, well, yeah, what does it mean to have it and what does it mean not to have self-trust? So if I think about the, the opposite of self-trust, it's probably, I suppose it's either something like self-distrust or even self-betrayal, right? Where you, you disappoint yourself, uh, you don't meet your own expectations or you don't meet the goals that you've set for yourself. I had a client once say that he didn't feel like himself in English, even though his English was actually really good. But because he was kind of feeling insecure or, or kind of almost disconnected from himself when he was speaking English, I mean, I don't think he used this phrase exactly, but I don't think that he really trusted his, his language abilities and, and by extension himself in that language. So if you don't have self-trust, then you might set goals, you might have expectations. You, I mean, we all have expectations of ourselves, right? But if you then don't believe you'll be able to meet your goals, to be able to meet your expectations, then that can become kind of a vicious cycle where you're proving yourself right by disappointing yourself, by letting yourself down. Okay, so the next part of the and the final part of this episode is about um how do you build self-trust um i think that there's a lot of ways that you can build and i constantly work on my own self-trust really so i think there's a lot of things that you can do just in your day-to-day -day life in your work uh in your language learning or wherever to take these kind of baby steps to build your self-trust in um, and I, I do think that you can build it in one area and it'll kind of transfer to a lot of other areas around trusting yourself, essentially. 
before I get there, actually, I'll just share a little um, uh, anecdote about um, climbing. One of my uh, favorite, I, should, I shouldn't say this anymore because I haven't been climbing for months now, but um, it's still one of my favorite uh, activities, which is bouldering, um, which means basically climbing on uh, short mountains, like little hills and cliffs and rocks and stuff. Um, and I usually do it indoors because I live in London and I'm far away from real cliffs. And one of the reasons that I love climbing is because it actually helps me build my own self-trust in a way. Um, I remember when I first started climbing, I basically would, you know, feel quite insecure about my own abilities and probably rightly so because I wasn't very good and you know I was just learning like you know how do I reach for different holds um how do I put my feet so that I can um get to a certain position or get to a certain hold on the wall um but eventually I started to kind of build my own confidence and self-trust to the point where I could you know occasionally even take these little leaps of faith where I would kind of jump up a little and and know that I would be able to just reach this handhold um, and not fall. Um, so yeah, that I think that's one one of the many, many, many ways of building self-trust. But let me talk about how you can build self-trust in relation to language learning. You can do it in lots of different ways, but let me talk about language learning for a second. I think with language learning and with a lot of learning goals, it's about trusting that you can make progress little by little and actually kind of accepting that small steps are okay. As adult learners, we have these really, really high expectations and we get impatient with our own learning abilities, with our own um, memory abilities. And I mean, something that the neurolanguage coaching method emphasizes is the importance of breaking goals down into something really tangible and measurable and achievable. You know, we have to be aware that enjoyment and fun and rewarding ourselves for hard work or, or even just for any work is just as important in adulthood as in childhood. A big part of my approach kind of personally to coaching and language coaching is to, to remind my coaches to do these mini celebrations for every single little win for every step and especially in the beginning um, when you're doing something new usually there is a level of discomfort just because we're generally creatures of habit and you might have heard this before right but you know we, we are programmed to repeat stuff and we're programmed to repeat things that cause enjoyment, that cause us to, um, to have fun and, and enjoy ourselves and to, to feel a sense of reward. And, you know, that's all about kind of the different hormones in our brains that tell us that something was good and that we should do it again. And we tend to avoid activities that cause discomfort and stress. Um, and that can be physical, mental or emotional. So if we think about it that way, you know, Building self-trust is about finding uh, any little enjoyable ways of learning 
And also by finding some kind of mini celebration for yourself, like creating um, a mini reward system. Even something really, really small, like um, if you just, you've finished reading one page in the language that you're learning and you just in your mind even, you can say it out loud if you if you can, if you feel like you can. Um, but even say it in your mind, saying something like, well done, you did it. And through these mini celebrations, you are kind of gradually building up knowledge, but also crucially, your self-trust, your problem-solving skills, all of those things kind of accumulate. Um, I'm doing, I'm gesticulating a lot with my hands, like making a lot of um, gestures. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you could see me now, you'd be seeing me kind of doing like kind of a staircase of, you know, they accumulate on top of each other, basically. Building self-trust, uh, second point about building self-trust is accepting that you'll make mistakes and not letting a mistake set you back. Um, you know, if you start to, if you, if you're, if you've made a mistake and then you start beating yourself up about it, you start judging yourself, you're disappointing yourself. If, if within your idea of this is my goal, you don't have space for mistakes, then you are setting yourself up for disappointment and you're setting yourself up for uh, self-betrayal I mean that sounds a bit dramatic but basically that's what you're doing right so you're kind of you know that language learning involves a mistake here and there um, and that is how that is part of the learning process and so being able to kind of embrace the mistakes even I think ideally you want to be able to laugh at your own expense right and say oh there was this embarrassing mistake I made today and if you're able to smile and, and laugh about it, usually in most situations, people will be understanding and, and it can actually be an opportunity to connect and, you know, build some, um, uh, some connection with, with other people around you. So trying not to be afraid to make mistakes, making room for your mistakes so that you can trust that the mistakes are part of the process and are part of the learning process that you're learning from each mistake as well. And kind of related, but it's important to have realistic expectations. So, you know, be patient with yourself and trust that you will get there in whatever time that it takes. And if you, I think that if you approach sorry, approach, uh, that's not a word. If you approach language learning with an attitude of self-trust, and I do think that it takes a little bit of practice and, and building up if you don't have much self-trust at the moment, but if you kind of come at it with an attitude of self-trust, then I think you'll find that you'll learn faster because you're not in that state of fear and discomfort um, because really when things are, are painful and uncomfortable, it makes it harder. Our memory doesn't work as well. Our problem solving skills don't work as well. Our creativity kind of gets, you know, we don't get as creative. We, 
Uh, yeah, all of these things are very much related to each other. But yeah, to to leave it on a kind of on a positive note and going back to talking about working memory, basically when you have a sense of self-trust and a sense of calm and um, yeah, some kind of a form, some form of relaxation, then it becomes a lighter load on your working memory. That is my point, is that if you're not, you know, worrying that you're saying the wrong thing, you're not having all of those additional thoughts and and worries and concerns in your head while you're also supposed to be maybe listening to somebody or maybe talking to somebody. Um, Yeah, if none of those extra thoughts are there, then you have more room to grow and to learn and to be present and I know mindfulness is kind of a hot topic Uh, it has been for a while now but uh, yeah that ability to be present in the moment and so that you're not distracted by your own thoughts or, or your own worries or insecurities or whatever so I think that all of that basically reduces the mental load if you have that self trust. So what are your thoughts on self-trust and language learning? And do you think that that's the key to adaptability and creativity and problem solving when it comes to language learning? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can always email podcast at abundate.org or you can go to podcast.abundate.org and leave a voice note. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Bye. You've been listening to the Abundate podcast with me, Hedvig Sandvu, a language coach and founder of Abundate, where I offer language coaching services and a new group program for ambitious people who want to improve their language skills without studying for hours every day. Podcast graphics were designed by Sengflow Designs and the theme music was created by Poddington Bear. The rest was done by me, Hedvig Sandvu. Thank you for listening and until next time. Hey, before you go, here's a quick reminder for you who uses English as a foreign language at work. Go check out the School of Certainty, specifically designed for the international professional to help build brain-friendly communication skills. So you can stop overthinking, did I say that right? What's the right word here? Should I put an S on the end there? Visit abundate.org soc for more information.